0: And welcome to Die Hard Bone podcast number 27, hey, number 26,
1: 26,
0: 26. 26. we're uh, just rolling along and um, I, I was really happy we we're going to do kind of a pretty crazy contrast with um, a Buster Keaton movie, Three Ages, and then um, a The Fountain movie, which was, what's the name of the guy who did this?
1: That's Darren Aronofsky.
0: Darren Aronofsky, that's right. And, um... <coughs> and he he did mother which actually watching the fountain made me want to go watch mother
1: i just watched it this afternoon
0: oh did you go to the did go out and see it how was it
1: yeah it's, it's great it's it's fucking insane but yeah it's definitely worth checking out for sure
0: nice uh so yeah probably next monday i'll go see it because on um monday i think i told you on monday in cumberland that they have the deal now um yeah, yeah, yeah where it's five bucks and you get a bag of popcorn that's pretty you can't hard to beat
1: mother playing there
0: you know i didn't even check um i didn't even check (laughs) i just figured uh well and you know the other thing is is i'm really considering signing up for movie pass like have you um seen that they dropped that down to ten dollars
1: yeah i keep hearing about that but yeah i I hardly i guess if i bought it i'd probably go more often because this is the first movie i've seen since fucking baby driver and like in like
0: in the theaters yeah Yeah. yeah. and I, i went and saw logan lucky um which I thought was okay, uh, but the, the big deal, the bigger thing is, is I have a movie theater literally two and a half minutes from my house, and, um, oh, man. and and I haven't been, you know, I mean, I've lived here for two years now, I still haven't gone there, I still go up to Cumberland and, and go on their special night, um, whereas if I had the movie pass, I would probably go, I could go like every day, you know, so, so yeah, I may sign up for it. Um,
1: Sadly, I think I have like three movie theaters in, within like five minutes of me, and I just, you just so never get it. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: it, it's it's kind of expensive now, and you know we're grown ups who have other responsibilities and all that bullshit. Um, but you know,
1: it's I outside, yeah. like I don't know. Like it's my day off, so it's like I don't know. Do I want to deal with people that might be terrible, or just right. stay home and watch not movie, to worry about? Yeah, watch
0: movies where people <laughs> where you don't have to deal with all of that bullshit. Um yeah, yeah. but you know one of the things I actually watched these these two movies back to back like I mean I just mm-hmm. uh yesterday I t- had some free mm-hmm. time so I just sat and watched them and it was really really neat to watch the Buster Keaton movie from like I think maybe 1922
1: 1923 Yeah, I'm not sh- yeah, I'm not sure. Let me check. Um I look it up by you. They chat it.
0: and uh you know but it was really cool to watch that and then go to watching the fountain right afterwards and and it's like wow there really is a huge progressive and progression in films over 80 years you know um like the freaking lighting and like the other thing that you take for granted is like the use of foley rooms and sound effects you know in the buster keaton movies there was really no sound involved with the the, the film at all it's just you know, it's um, just piano. Yeah, it's just I mean, piano, just, and um, just,
1: it's a separate um, movie. So yeah, it's just like piano and just basically like it's the same, the same like almost like piano just like, like theme a, over. Yeah, and over like again. on a loop. <laughs> yeah, it's like an endless
0: loop of this little piano track, and um, it was just it was really cool because you know you don't really pay attention to things like Foley effects and the sound effects and how how much work they put into the sound effects, but when you watch a film without it and then watch a movie that has it, it's like, wow, that really makes a huge difference, you know? <laughs> um, and then the, the lighting was the other thing that I really noticed was, and I mean, now granted, The Fountain was was exceptionally lit, even for today's standards, I thought the lighting in it was really good. Um, but then, you know, when you're watching a Buster Keaton movie from 1923, where like everything is just completely drowned in one one style of light, it's really, really obvious how good that is
1: yeah because uh, the Buster Keaton movie takes place over three periods just like the fountain that's basically why we watched them together and the first this the Stone Age section of like the Buster Keaton stuff which is hilarious looks like it's like like fucking like, the, the cheapest thing yeah, ever. yeah
0: absolutely and, and, and that's part like that's part of why it was hilarious like one of the unintentional <laughs> factors of why it was hilarious um and I love the in the Stone Age scene the um the really obvious stop motion video of him riding the dinosaur. Oh, and, the stop motion dinosaur was, was great. It <laughs> was awesome, you know. And I mean, I guess not really him riding the dinosaur, but like a, a small plastic figure that sort of looked like him riding the dinosaur. It, yeah. Like that was fantastic, I thought, you know. Um, and one yeah. of the reasons why I like Buster Keaton so much versus some of the other silent film stars is a lot of the original silent film stars are really, really into like pantomime, like, say, Charlie Chaplin. Um, and mm-hmm. everything they do is, like, completely over-exaggerated, where Buster Keaton is a little bit exaggerated, but he's actually kind of understated, especially versus everybody else in that time, and I think that, like, really works well.
1: Yeah, I was watching, like, most of the time, like, most of the time stuff was just happening, he was just, like, deadpanning it the entire time. And right. Just, like... <laughs> Instead of just like overcompensating, it's just like he was just like look at like give everybody like just a straight, just straight face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like whenever, you know, like whenever the guy would come and steal his girlfriend, instead of him like freaking out and stuff, he just sort of deadpans at the camera like son of a bitch, you know? (laughs) And you're like, yeah, man, that Buster Keaton, he never catches a break.
1: I have to say though that the the modern Buster Keaton, I kept thinking the entire time, like when he was in the the dinner sequence. Yeah. When he was doing all that, all the the crazy stuff, I was like, Man, no wonder no way goes for you. You're crazy. Like he's yeah. just like like how like do like, like, like no wonder this li- goes this goes not into you cuz you're fucking nuts. Yeah, you're <laughs>
0: like, fucking nuts. You're, you're like the nice guy. You know, you're like the stereotypical yeah. nice guy. Like like why don't you like me? I'm not creepy at all. <laughs>
1: no, I'm just going to stalk you and fall asleep at the table. Right.
0: Yeah, no and you're right. Um and uh, you know what else I like is the the modern Buster Keaton is so, you know, so like retrograde now and how they just assume that you understand all the jokes about prohibition you know like there's a a couple really subtle jokes where he's like you know sneaking the liquor in and he gets busted for liquor at one point and it's like Mm -hmm. wow this was i forgot this was made when alcohol was actually illegal in the country
1: (laughs) i liked also like the in the modern sequence it was really weird the i think it was was the, the the banker's wife or the wife of the daughter Right, you know, the wife. Yeah, it's like the old man, and the old wife. Right, and the wife is wearing a suit. Yeah, <laughs> for, reason, like, for a second, I was like, "Is that an old man or is that an old lady?" Right, it was really weird. Like that was just like a weird style choice that I feel like back then was kind of.
0: Well, it was. It, it was actually kind of a political statement because that was back whenever uh, the women's suffrage movement was really, really in full swing, and and mm-hmm. part of that was that women could wear pants. Um, as crazy as that sounds to us now, you know that was like a kind of a radical idea back in the the early 20s. Now, in the, like it was weird. The in the 20s, the the movement um, with like flappers and everything um, was kind of kind of brought it to being accepted that women could wear pants, women could dress and like men. Another big one was that women could smoke, um, and uh, you know, and that's stuff that you don't really think about today. That that's not even part of the whole like women's movement. Um, but back then, that very much was a big issue, you know?
1: Wasn't the suffrage about voting?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. And and they had already won the right to vote right around that t- time. But, you know, like, still part of that whole women's rights thing was that they could wear, wear pants. They could do things that men could do. Wear pants. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's one of those things that you think now, like yeah frick women wearing pants that's stupid and it's like wow that's that's that was an issue at one point in time
1: i thought like i just thought it was kind of cool and like i I guess it was i guess progressive but it was kind of cool to see like the like the the woman wearing like a suit and basically being like in charge of the dude basically right right yeah like when um, she shows up the guy just like like goes back into the the frame it's like and she like takes over
0: yeah and i mean he even it even uses a text bar to make that joke like he says yeah i'm the master of the house and all yeah. the decisions are up to my wife, you know <coughs> um and uh yeah that was that was uh, just a fun movie to watch, just because I've always kind of been a fan of Buster Keaton because of his understatement in a time when everybody else was ridiculously overstating things, and you almost had to in a silent movie, your pantomime was it was the whole narrative of the movie, and so for him to be able to pull off a good narrative without going over the top. Uh, most of the yeah. time was pretty funny. I, I love the sequence with him making friends with a lion too. Like, he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, right? if you want to be friends with a lion, you're supposed to do something with its paws." So he's like, "Well, I'll give it a manicure," and the lion's like, "Hey, this is sweet, man."
1: <laughs> that, that that line was fantastic because it was it was basically like like a guy in a suit, but mm-hmm. it looked it looked really good. I thought like I mean it's in black and white and it's a little rough looking, but like for like for basically a guy in a suit just sitting there like with his paws and like. <laughs> it's like it's like really good right was, like one uh, it was a hilarious scene and, like the other
0: th- the other thing too is the like, modern uh like i keep i kept wanting modern modern um buster keaton in the, in the modern storyline to be like the lead singer of of like an early 80s goth band you know because he's like super white with that really black eyeliner and i was like dude he could be like the lead singer of the stooges <laughs> you know he's like, he's like freaking 70 years before iggy pop did this
1: <laughs> yeah he would have been like a perfect like uh i feel like like joy division would have been a good band for him to be in. yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly or like Bauhaus or something yeah definitely yeah, yeah, was Bauhaus. Like, definitely like that kind of thing um and you know, of course, at that time it was just because they they had to do that because they were so you know the the whole technology of of film was so ridiculously new and kind of a, a, it, it's it's one of those things where you can kind of feel how exciting it is that they're working with this new technology, you know?
1: Yeah, I love this stunt work is great too, of, of course, because I actually I think this is I think this is my I think I've seen I think I've seen one other Buster Keaton, but I can't really remember much about it, but right. I Watched a lot of the uh, silent comedy guys. Right. So blind spot.
0: Yeah, I kind of went through a phase. Well, and that's not entirely fair. Reddit, uh, I'm, I'm kind of addicted to Reddit, and they went through a real, like, we love Buster Keaton phase, and they were always posting different clips. And, and you can really see where, like, you know, how Jackie Chan claims that, you know, he gets a lot of his stuff from Buster Keaton. You can really see yeah, yeah. that Jackie Chan, or, like, where Jackie Chan was influenced by him in this movie, you know, how he did that um yeah,
1: yeah I recently saw safety last which is Harold Lloyd
0: okay that's,
1: you know, that's when that's somebody like hangs off of the side of the building like from the clock
0: right right and that's like
1: Jackie Chan ripped that off straight from I forget what movie it is but he basically ripped off the entire sequence for yeah one of movies
0: yeah and then you know he's credited as doing the most dangerous stunt in all movie history when that front like the front of the house falls on him yeah. and he's standing in the window and like the people doing it wouldn't even look, and everybody told him, like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You're going to kill yourself. And he was like, I'll be fine. Um, you know, and it's it's cool to see that because you don't see many people that are, like, literally willing to kill themselves for a movie. Uh, or uh, not even for a movie, for a gag in a movie. <laughs> yeah, <You> right. <laughs> like, not like, oh, well, this movie is my magnum opus, and if I die making it, like, so be it. Like, he's yes. like, this is just a one- two-second gag and I'm willing to freaking literally smash myself with a two-ton front of a house um so that's kind of cool that he had that kind of dedication no doubt, yeah. um and like speaking of influence i i really in the in the fountain like I really felt a huge Fellini influence like the whole time I was watching this like like the whole time I was watching it, I was like wow he really took a lot from um eight and a half and like that whole kind of surreal Trying to tell you a story without actually coming out and telling you a story. Mm, let me see.
1: I mean, it's it's super. Like, uh, I mean, I think I feel like this is the one that's written by like him and like a like a mathematician. I
0: feel like. Oh really?
1: Let me see. I think Ari Ari Handel. Yeah, like he wrote he wrote noah in the fountain with this guy and so he's basically like just like this mathematician neuroscientist.
0: Oh, okay <laughs> and I, I can see i guess i could i can see that um where that that influence came from um but yeah no like i and i and i don't know how much he actually was influenced by fellini but like i got a real fellini vibe off of the movie mm-hmm. um and like i was i was just impressed that not only was wolverine in the movie but also hector salamanca was in the movie which is kind of awesome like I don't know if you're a fan of the Breaking Bad series, but Yeah, which one? Um the the monk or not the monk, yeah, the Franciscan monk that was on the Spanish side, the father, the one that had the, the knife. Okay. Um was also he, he was um the big uh gangster in in Breaking Bad. He was the old man that was in the wheelchair.
1: Oh gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while, yeah, so
0: yeah, he, and I was like, "Holy crap! It's Hector Salamanca. He's awesome." And of course, if you watch uh, Better Call Saul, he actually, you know, it takes place in the past, so he actually has a really big part in that, uh, and he's kind of a really bad dude.
1: I overlooked Rachel Weisz, who is in every movie. To be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true, and she's pretty awesome as well. Um, in every movie, it has three parts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right. A right all the, all you know, well and it was weird because i watched most of the movie and i was like well this is supposed to have like take place in three different eras and i only see two i only see the um the time when he was a conquistador and then the time when he was uh you know a neuroscientist researcher mm-hmm. and then i was like oh wait there's also the time when he's just trapped with the tree of life you know
1: He's basically some sort of intergalactic, like, spaceman, like, trying to save the Tree of Life, yeah. Right.
0: Well, I mean, like, what I (laughs) I finally took away from it, I guess, was that the girl was the Tree of Life, and that, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that he was the keeper of the Tree of Life, and that they just constantly went through this cycle where they were losing each other and then finding each other again.
1: Yeah, i think i think it's almost like it's almost like a fifth fulfillment thing where it's like i think i think love is the tree love. right okay i got it yeah <laughs>
0: you're right you're right love <laughs> is the love is the force that keeps the universe together so that's good i'm glad we have love to keep us um conscious and sentient and all that
1: but there's like a, a huge like like um like the whole like it's all like circular like i think which is it like um there's other religions where it's like things that are like it's not like just black and white but it's like Sure, Buddhism, it's more of like, a, like a circular, like everything is like circular type of thing, and you right. can see that motif right. throughout.
0: Right, you know, like I mean, the 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 core of Buddhism is that you know there's really no beginning or end to anything, and life is just a cycle of like you know something going through and experiencing itself over and over again.
1: I think it's here, with the wheel of time. It says here, the, the entire story is a circle. Yeah, so it's like, and plus you can see that in like the close-ups, the way the the everybody's framed everybody's got kind of like almost round face like really round faces so it's like it's always circular no matter what
0: right um yeah and I actually i saw a pretty cool I, I pretty saw saw a pretty cool little reference to that in game of thrones today i was watching game of thrones but like there's a scene where this old man is dying and he's like 100 years old and like right before he dies he grabs the girl who's staying with him and he says, "Mom, I dreamed I was old, and then he dies." And it was, and I was like, "That's pretty cool," you know. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, there, there there was a lot of stuff in the fountain that I thought was was really cool. I mean, it was just a, a stunningly visual; like the visuals in it were just awesome. Um, and it's cool to see that you don't see that very often in a lot of uh movies lately i mean you do but it's all like hey look how cool this freaking cgi is as opposed to in the fountain where it was just like hey look how cool this movie looks you know or look how cool the even the even the scene where he's like burying him, uh burying the girl and he's out in that um like out in that old like farm in the in the snow i was like man that just looks amazing you know
1: yeah like this was supposed to be done with originally like for like 80 million dollars with like brad pitts brothers and stuff and then like i think uh the budget got out of hand so like and brad pitt like backed out so then he had like basically scale everything down oh and like which i think he's probably for the for the better for sure
0: yeah i mean i don't think i could see brad pitt like brad pitt and more money i don't think really could have done this movie any more justice than it did it was like i said it, it was enough where i was like oh man if this guy did mother i'm gonna go see it you know even though it's getting really terrible reviews like i could see this movie getting really terrible reviews even though it's a really good movie
1: yeah i think it, i think it did get like pretty divisive it's it's not as divisive as mother fuck <laughs> I right you got about- i don't know why either it's it's <laughs> it's, it's pretty bold but like it's it's interesting, like and you might not like it, but like at least he's trying something.
0: Right. At least you feel like he's going out of his way to do something new, which, you know, should be yeah, applauded yeah. even if it fails. Yeah,
1: I don't know if he's an interesting dude. Like have you seen any of his other films? He did like uh I mean he did *Pie* and
0: I did I did Requiem, see pie
1: Requiem for a Dream. Right.
0: Requiem for a Dream is good. I actually even read that book, which mm-hmm. was also pretty good. Uh but the movie was the that movie was really good too. it's another one that even though the subject matter is really like disgusting and grimy and awful and gritty Mm -hmm. uh it looks freaking amazing you know yeah that's
1: what movie like a lot of people say they can only watch it once but i remember watching it like multiple times just because it's it's so impressive
0: yeah and i and i watched it multiple times but not really by choice when it came out i live with (laughs) uh i live with these three girls and they like loved the movie they thought it was amazing so anytime somebody new would come over and they'd be like hey we're just sitting around the house what should we do they'd be like oh you got to see this movie requiem for a dream it's so intense you know and I'd be like oh my god i gotta see some poor junkie get raped again uh <laughs> ass to ass yeah classic definitely
1: i think this is like the fountain he did like the, the these three that we just mentioned but then, like, after this, he did The Wrestler and Black Swan,
0: which are, like, super stripped down. Right. And, you know, and I haven't seen Black Swan yet. I'll have to see that. Oh, okay. I absolutely freaking love The Wrestler. I actually, um, the freaking guy in The Wrestler um, who wrestles with Mickey Rourke in the death match, um, the Necro Butcher. I've actually met him a few times. Um, is he's a CZW based? Well, like the the promotion that he's wrestling for was CZW, which is the wrestling promotion I used to go to all the time. Um, yeah, the Necro Butcher's a pretty cool dude. He, he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's really funny because he's this just, just. I mean, he will go out and have the most crazy, ridiculous death match where he's getting fucking light tubes smashed on him and hit with ba- baseball bats. I saw, I saw somebody staple a frickin' dollar bill to his tongue. Um, you know, and he'll do all that, and then you'll go to like the bar area after the match, and he's just like freaking chilling there, covered in blood. Like, hey man, will you buy me a beer? (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'll buy you a beer, dude.
1: (laughs) Well, it's like how he was in like the the wrestler, he's just like, this, like, all right, man, let's do this, and he's like super chill, dude,
0: right? (laughs) Right, and I'm pretty sure I want to say that he is based on the wrestler Shane Douglas, uh, who is one of those guys who, like, almost made it. You know, he was, like, in, see like, 1997, everybody was saying he was going to be, like, the next Hulk Hogan or something. And then yeah. he kind of just pissed it all away. And, you know, <laughs> and now he's doing awful. I, I can't remember. There was somebody. Um, Oh, go ahead. No, I think uh, no, no, no. Tr- I think it was Triple H. Uh, Triple H who said that when he saw the movie, it brought him to tears because he knew so many people From his career, who ended up like that, and how accurate it was towards the guys who don't make it all the way to the top and make millions, but come just just almost there, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just like, yeah, that's just like a nice gateway into like wrestling itself, and like that's more than just, you know. And quote unquote fake wrestling, right, but,
0: <clears throat> right, and it and it kind of shows how much those wrestlers actually sacrifice to do that, and that that's absolutely from all the wrestlers I know. I mean, it, it's crazy. They basically give up their lives, uh, and their bodies to to do what they do.
1: Yeah, we watching. We had like I, I had like a little like let's call it was called like it was it was basically like a rap rap party slash pay per view party last night, and I had some people come over, and some people had never watched wrestling, and there was one person who brought like a girl who was like who watched it once before right and, and of course she was like she, she was just like she's like you do know it's fake right I'm, like oh come on dude like I don't wanna, <laughs> come on. We're, we're past that already we're, yeah that
0: is the worst that is uh, the absolute worst whenever somebody like thinks that they're actually cluing you into that you're like oh my god
1: <laughs> we're, we're adults we know what's we know what's happening there's lots of like I kid
0: yeah we know that we know that this is not real we know that it's i mean well you know it's weird because i'm surprised that more theater people uh aren't into it because it you know i mean that's what i love about it is that it's it's the freaking most ridiculous over the top theater there is
1: and there's like a physicality to it that you need to like be able to project without saying anything like it's like you have to do it with your body and like Emotion, right. which I, I think people would really be into yeah a lot of people were into this one the one person was like just like had to like kind of like make sure everybody knew that yeah you know, she was you know smarter than everybody else right right <laughs> and,
0: and that, that that's another thing that like any wrestling fan will roll their eyes out because it's like you know if you think that you're smarter than what's going on you're not nearly as smart as what you think you are <laughs> you know um,
1: yeah, because one of the things, well, technically it's not fake, it's it's scripted, but what they're doing, they're actually kicking each other in the face. like Right,
0: like, they're <laughs> actually fucking, fucking themselves up really bad, like I actually um, took a slap once, um, and it was, you know, it was scripted, a, a mm-hmm. buddy of mine who was a wrestler said, hey, whenever I come by, you should spit on me, and whenever you spit on me, I'm going to slap you in the face, and I'm like, hell yeah, man, I'll do that, <laughs> and so i did and he slapped me and it was he just laid you out <laughs> i mean it, yeah it was a great it was a great heel move because i mean it, it, the whole crowd just went dead silent because i mean he fucking laid me out. <laughs> he fucking laid me out um and uh you know and like i was like yeah and then and then like after the match he said yeah he said i know you're not trained as a worker so i went really easy on you and i was like <laughs> jesus christ dude like if you went really easy on me what the hell you know And then we both got we both got in trouble because like you know everybody was talking about it and like how you're not supposed to do that and Mm. and you know and I was like look I'm totally willing it's like you know I'm not I'm not like it's not like I didn't know that was gonna happen we discussed it and yeah but they were told that they were never allowed to slap me again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like I was talking to uh, my DP buddy he came over he's a big wrestling fan he was talking about like he shot a video recently and like in the wrestling ring. And I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I've heard those those ropes are really fucking tough. Like they yeah. hurt. And he's like, he's like, yeah, they're like legit ropes, and you get bruises from them if you don't know what, like, you're not used to it. Yeah. He's like, it's like it's like legit hurts. Yeah, no, there's there's way Nothing more pain.
0: In, yeah, there's way more pain and suffering than you think. Yeah. Um, and you know and that's one of the beauties of it is that like that whenever they're okay they have to act like they're hurting really bad but whenever they're really hurt really bad they have to act like they're okay you know that's
1: what i was telling him last night too like it's like yeah when they legit like if you if you watch did you watch did you watch the pay-per-view
0: i did not i probably watched it tonight actually
1: that's cool i won't i won't spoil anything but like i was telling him about like how like if you watch if you watch the ref he'll go check on everybody and if they squeeze their hands you can tell you can see them like grabbing each other's hand. yep and they'll do yep. like a little squeeze or a little like tap and that means they're okay right and i was like so he's like it's like so everybody's like checking on each other it's all safe but
0: yeah no it, it, it's wild and it's it's something that I've, I've as long as i've been into wrestling and like i i hate to say it that at one point i was that guy who was like oh this is so fucking stupid yeah you know yeah. um and, but then, like, I had, I fortunately had some friends that kind of turned me on to it, and I became mm-hmm. sort of a fanatic. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, just as a fan of the theater, I, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you can't get much better than wrestling. I mean, sure, but my big issue right now with, um, especially WWE, is that the freaking writing is just awful lately. Like, they could yeah, really yeah. use better writers. Um, and i I just read hardcore holly's book and he was spot on with his criticism of it which is he said you know in the 90s uh and early 2000s when wrestling was huge and it really really worked all Mm. they did was the script writers stopped actually writing dialogue and they said you, you know instead of Like, like it is right now, what it is, is before you go out and do your promo or your piece, they hand you a script and you have to read it off. But in the nineties, all they did was they would say like, you're mad at freaking stone cold because stone cold freaking popped the tire in your Lexus. And like, that was all that the rock was given. And then the rock had to go up and make up his own, you know, his own dialogue. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you got a lot of diversity in dialogue and the characters stood out. Whereas now everybody just kind of sounds the same.
1: I will have to give it up for the fucking Miz though, man. His fucking promos are fucking the, killing it. The
0: Miz is fantastic. Well, and he's one of the guys that they let go off script. Um, his
1: storylines—I mean, I think, I think his storylines is is legit too, because it's always just like. And I think he's got like legit beef too, because he's always like, "They're giving you this chance, and you're terrible." <laughs> and, you know, I've been here. I'm I'm putting in my work, and he's just like, he's like really sell. I mean, his his in ring work is uh, is pretty basic. I think. Yeah, he's okay? not
0: the best worker, but he is a great right. mic man. Um, you, you know insane. who you know who else I love, although I'm kind of biased. Is James Ellsworth is amazing. He is so sick. Uh, I think he's yeah. I
1: think he's really good too. Like super underrated. I think as just a good part of like as like uh, what's her name?
0: Carmilla. Uh, yeah.
1: Car- yeah. Carmilla's valet, basically. And
0: well, and, and you I know, think- you kind of got to know his story too because he was brought in as a one-off. Um, and yeah, also, yeah, yeah. also, mm-hmm. he's from Maryland. I should I should bring that up. He's from Glen Burnie. Um, yeah. and I saw him in person in Hagerstown just hanging out a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago I'm sure you've heard me bragging about that but um but the whole cool thing about him and and what makes him so cool is that they brought him in as a one-off they went around and looked at indies to try and find like the most pathetic looking wrestler they could find um to go against Braun Strowman uh as as kind of a hoax and he nailed it so well that they started bringing him back and he actually got over with the crowd because, he, you know, he, like every time he goes out there, you know, you can really get the feeling off of him that like, hey, I know that I did never have a chance to do this. And now somehow I'm doing it. So I'm going to do it as best as I possibly can, you know.
1: <laughs> I'll be honest, his no chin music kick is pretty, pretty legit. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it, well, because and,
0: <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, too, is he's a legit and he owns a wrestling promotion. He's a legit yeah. indie wrestler for the last 20 years has wrestled with some of the best. Um, yeah if you get on youtube you can you can see him wrestle Gilbert. that's pretty awesome um, yeah he
1: like yeah he had like, he had like title matches <laughs> with aj yeah. styles and dean ambrose and shit so yeah, yeah.
0: so i I, <laughs> I think that's really cool and it also shows that at least the wwe's at least a little willing to kind of go with what's working like they they picked up really quick that he was working and he made the he engaged the crowd's interest so instead of them just being like okay thanks they were like yeah hey, you can stay you know
1: I think they they shifted in into smackdown which is you know i think probably a better show right story wise as well
0: yeah yeah um but you know i do miss i do miss the days of the 90s when you know you had to tune in because you literally did not know what was going to happen you know you you, like, you you had this feeling that anything could happen anything probably would happen
1: yeah that's probably like the that's probably the issue like i have today and i, I it's my fault because i listen to like a ton of podcasts right about like and they have a lot of theories about what's happening what's gonna happen so then like when it does happen you're like oh yeah because somebody like right i knew that was gonna happen yeah yeah it's like super super like smarty so right i should i should probably like if i really wanted to just be a surprise every week i'd probably probably just like stop listening to things and just watch
0: (laughs) right (laughs) Um, you know, and I actually, uh, whenever I was watching the Buster Keaton movie, I kind of felt like there was a little bit of influence of that old school wrestling, um, that he was sort of in- influenced by, uh, the quote unquote psychology of wrestling, how, you know, he's able to tell a story with his body and, oh my, I forgot to mention that. Oh my God. There's a couple times where buster keaton takes a couple of bumps and i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god like in the modern setting where he's playing football and there's this one time where he just like falls on his head and i'm like holy yeah. shit did he just <laughs> break his neck <laughs> yes.
1: uh, do, you, do you remember actually speaking of wrestling do you remember the part in the roman section where like the lady comes up to him mm-hmm. and like and he's like she's like trying to woo him and she like kind of like falls in front of him so he like catches her yeah but he like but then he like sits her on the ground and puts her into like a like a regular wrestling mood like position like on Mm -hmm. all fours and starts like actually wrestling her. yeah
0: he's got her like in a freaking half nelson yeah yeah i did i did notice that and uh, and i I wondered
1: (laughs) it was just random
0: yeah yeah and i wondered how influenced he was by wrestling because you know professional wrestling was around back then but it wasn't like it is today it was all like a carnival sideshow but it seems Mm. like it seems like he was really influenced by that by using um, You know, like the psychology of using your body and using kind of like the violence and slapstick to tell a story.
1: I mean, that's the thing too. It's like when it, when it's on point, like wrestlers, re- the wrestling commentary is telling you the story in a really subtle way right. usually sometimes. A lot of the time now it's just kind of like forced and half-assed, I think.
0: Right, because they got like so stuff. many people that they got to squeeze into a two-hour setting, yeah. whereas to really do it right, you have to give them at least 20 minutes, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and you like, yeah, like back in the day, like the commentaries would just give you the story as, as it went along, and you're like, okay. Right. They'll set, they'll, they'll set it up as you go, too, because they'll mention something and you're like, oh, that's going to come back later. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he took out his knee. That's going right. oh, right. to play a part in 10 minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: I do a lot of foreshadowing, so for all you writer writing cats out there, right. watch, wrestling. <laughs> watch wrestling. wrestling.
0: It will help you. I'm telling you. For your foreshadowing. If you can watch some vintage ECW, that's where I think it it got the best because you know ECW was so over the top. It influenced, it forced the WWE to go over the top to compete. You know. Yeah, I
1: don't think they did. They did ECW have commentary? Oh yeah, yeah. Joey Styles.
0: Did? Okay. Oh my I, God. I <laughs>
1: I've only fairly recently watched a lot of their episodes. Um, I never watched it.
0: If you yeah. have if you have uh, a WWE network, to check out some of the uh, old ECW TV, like the the beginnings of the ECW TV, it's really really good stuff. Um, and yeah, no, they only have one commentator. It wasn't like they had the, the straight guy and the color guy, like the WWE uses. They just had a guy named Joey styles and he was great because everything he saw was the most unbelievable thing. And he would just (laughs) freak out, you know, anytime that somebody would do a big move, he'd be like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just saw that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really funny. Um, but yeah, I guess we're kind of off topic from the fountain. But you know, I'm not sure how this... <laughs> you know, like it's weird though because because talking about wrestling with Buster Keaton is just natural because they're they're kind of the same style of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the fountain is more—it's weird because the the fountain visually tells a story, but it's not through the actors' bodies so much as it is through the scenery and. Um, I mean, the it's, scene with the Inquisition was just dark. Like, I was like, "Wow, that is really, really scary."
1: Yeah, the fountain is put together in such a way, almost like requiem, where it's like it's like there's like there's a there's a rhythm to it, and the, the music by man Clint Mansell mm-hmm. like, helps it so much. It's just like everything is just like beat by beat, like planned out. It feels like everything's just like so like yeah, the act like the dialogue is not really <laughs> like like it's like second. yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean and the the fountain and the the Requiem for a Dream, both the the dialogue. I mean, it's necessary and it's there. It helps the story, but it's not like a lot of other movies that are completely dialogue driven. It's the both movies are more uh, visually driven.
1: Yeah, which is which is fine because yeah, the Buster Keaton movie is it has no dialogue, but it's not it's visually not that appealing. It's just it's it's serviceable. Yeah, but then but then you got the fountain. It's like you can honestly watch it with like the sound off, with maybe just like. The score going and you could get the impact just as well I right think.
0: you could still per- you could still pretty much know what the story was
1: you just, um, like the intensity is like it doesn't like the yeah, the a lot of the dialogue is just it's pretty
0: minimal it's, it's definitely minimal and now yeah i mean now that you say that i'm i'm looking at the movie in my head and it's like yeah you really could get away with having no dialogue in that at all you'd still know what the story was somewhat you know yeah,
1: yeah i mean they, they i mean they they do some heavy stuff here and there with some of the the dialogue but i don't think it's quite necessary
0: right right so. like 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 like
1: mother like there's a lot of like when they say something it's like i don't think i need to know that you're saying that <laughs> right, like right right the dialogue is like second second to the, what is what is happening on what you're screen, actually
0: which, seeing yeah yeah no that's insanity. that's for which sure. is pure insanity
1: so if you go just check it out <laughs> yeah
0: it's, it's okay. definitely a movie that's well worth watching um, so I, we're actually at the point where we've got to figure out what we're going to watch again for next week. Uh, uh, okay. I don't know. We, I, I feel like we should go to something really dialogue-heavy, really, really, uh, you know, scripted, script-driven. Uh, but I can't really think of anything offhand that we could do. Uh, also, we should also mention that neither of these movies are very Die Hard like at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you know, I mean, yeah, now, I granted, we'll give we'll give the Buster Keaton movie a pass because it was made sixty sixty two years before Die Hard came out. So, you <laughs> yes. know, Buster gets a pass on that one. Uh, but the, the Fountain, I didn't really see anything. Like maybe if the Inquisition like took over a building and Wolverine was stuck, but <laughs> yeah. that didn't actually happen. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's for anybody who listens, I, I don't think we really give a shit. It's no. No, we're
0: kind of past all that.
1: If you want to watch something, we usually just watch it,
0: and that's, that's fine. So. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, I feel like we should probably go back to one of these movies, but I'm not sure what would be the best.
0: Hmm. I don't know. We could always research it and just post it on the Twitter and the Facebook.
1: Yeah, we can look and look and see if there's one that's... I mean, I think I feel like, is Everly really uh a, a talking movie? I feel like it's have that and like Le- well, Leon's not talking at all. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I'll have to look. Yeah, it's tough to say. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, it, it would be kind of a good contrast going from uh, like Buster Keaton in the fountain which are both really really kind of groundbreaking movies to going to something that's not groundbreaking at all that's completely <laughs> uh I'll, not that funny how dare you, I'll dare you. I, i'm not a big fan of paul blart i don't know I've, i'm not I've really i'm not really a fan. I'm not really a fan. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of what's that guy's name kevin james kevin yeah. something i'm not really a big fan of his humor i just i don't know i feel like like chris farley did it way better john candy did yeah. it way better uh, you know, and I mean sure, good on him for trying, but at the same time, <laughs> like stop.
1: Yeah, I mean we could uh I mean we could do some Paul Blart and then like we compare it with something else later once we like kinda of figure something out.
0: Yeah, we should do like Paul Blart. we should do we should do Paul Blart Molkop and the seventh seal. Fuck it. <laughs> 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 Amazing.
1: Scenes from a Marriage, the like five-hour cut. Yeah, Barry Barry <laughs> Lyndon, Barry yes.
0: Barry Lyndon, and the Confessions of an International Assassin,
1: and then and then Paul Blart. Yeah,
0: yeah. or we could okay. we we could always do something like well we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but, would, we won't say
1: we won't commit to Paul Blart right now. But. Yeah, let's. Like, I I have trouble
0: committing to Paul Blart. I really do.
1: It's, it's it's going to come down at some point, but maybe maybe not maybe not next week.
0: Yeah, at <laughs> some point we'll have to do that, but maybe not next week. Maybe we'll put that off. Uh, yeah, but probably. you know, thanks for thanks for listening, everybody, and um, you know, like, subscribe, and comment, and if anybody's got any suggestions for what they want us to do the podcast on, we're more than willing to do that. Um, <laughs> so funny. far the only <laughs> suggestion we got was from Paul, which was an awesome one. Um, which that was. was uh... Uh, the one with lou diamond phillips the one where lou diamond phillips was just killing it as the freaking gangster rapper
1: oh Um, the big hit the big hit hit.
0: yeah that was a fantastic movie um yeah so yeah if anybody wants us to talk about something just um feel free to chime in we'll we'll definitely do it
1: except for zombievers paul if
0: you're listening (laughs) yeah paul if you're listening (laughs) except for zombievers well you should say our friends our friend's child uh it insists that that was the greatest movie ever made
1: and i mean i think <laughs> it's
0: up there i'm not i'm not it's saying that game. it's not up there but i don't know <laughs>
1: I think Zombievers people should, should pay us some money at this point because i'm pretty sure we've mentioned it like a few times yeah
0: every every movie or every podcast is you know like today's <laughs> episode is brought to you by zomb <laughs> The
1: zombie beavers are uh, instant death. I think for a while there it
0: was yeah, instant death is another one. I mean, but that's got freaking Lou Ferrigno in it, so you can't, you know. <laughs> but um, so cool. All right, we'll uh, see you All next right. week. All right, bye bye bye.